0: Hey, everyone. Jason Schappert here, and you're listening to the CFI Podcast by MZeroA.com, where a good pilot is always learning. The FAA is using and moving towards so much more scenario-based testing. So, how can we now help our students in a scenario-based way? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the CFI Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast brought to you by my number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com, complete private instrument commercial. FOI is done, and soon to be the CFI airplane portion of that online ground school as well. So, some great stuff for you all in there. Excited to see you all coming up. Sun and Fun is coming up here soon. Uh, we have a crazy tour coming up of Europe, Ireland, uh, Switzerland, Germany, um, United Kingdom, and Aero Expo UK, London. If I didn't say Italy already. Uh, we're going to go all over the place. Switzerland. So, just a lot of cool stuff. Then, Oshkosh. After that, then, 50 cities here in the United States. So, talk about a crazy travel schedule. That's what we have to look forward to. Spreading the good word of aviation, and most importantly, aviation safety. And, one of the ways we do that is this podcast. So, thanks for sharing that with your your, your co-workers, your friends uh, at the airport, everything else. So, listen, today's topic is this idea of scenario-based training, scenario-based testing here. Um, You know... What are some, and I'll give you some example scenarios here, but let's talk about a a checkride examiner. Um, and, we can use the example of a checkride examiner doing a private pilot oral exam checkride um, with a student. You see, when I came back a few months ago from DPE school, uh, I'm still waiting to be appointed as a DPE, going to school is just half the battle, getting a... Getting the call to go to school, and then going to school, and then getting the call back is, is part of the battle. But, that's, that's neither here nor there. But, when I was at DPE school, it was right during the big PTS to ACS switch, and everything was standardized scenario testing. And, we had the question that, that kind of sounds like an oxymoron. How can everyone have a standard scenario? Because, no scenario, no one, no scenarios are the same, right? They each have their little nuances here and there. And, that's what we were trying to get. That's what we struggle with. And, that was DPE struggling. Imagine now brand new instructors struggling with that same idea. So, how can we create these different scenarios? And, this is why checkride examiners have students, applicants on a private pilot checkride, we'll use that private pilot checkride as an example, perform a cross-country. This is why when they plan that cross-country, they don't want to see it on the iPad. They want to see it in its raw, manual format, pen and paper, manual E6B. They all want to see that you know how to show your work. They all know you can plug it into an iPad and get all the answers, and that's great. But, they want to know if you know how to get that same information when the iPad battery dies, when technology fails us, and it does from time to time, right? So, that's why they give you the scenario that we're on a cross-country. And, oftentimes, on a checkride, and you need to be doing this with your students, is my point of telling you this, before the checkride, before you even get to the cross-country phase, your students say, hey, we're flying from this airport to this airport. Let's plan one out together, because that's how they learn. Now, if they're an online ground school member of ours, we take them through this process step by step as well. So, they'll already have a strong foundation. And, I I hope you're uh, encouraging all your students to become uh, members of ours. It's just a blessing to us. And, and we compensate you, by the way, for doing that. But, the example of this cross-country, for you to sit down and say, listen, okay, let's just draw a straight line between the two. And now, what concerns do we have? Well, there's airspace. There's special use. Okay, great. What kind of airspace is that? Oh, well, it's blue dashed lines. So that's delta. Okay, what altitude does that go? Can you see how this is? Let's go back to your FOI days, right? The most basic level, we have a rote memorization. Blue dashed line Delta. All right, now let's start to apply that. Let's start to now correlate that. Let's, they understand that, okay, I, it's controlled airspace. Then they apply it now to a cross country. Now they correlate this with, okay, do I have to talk? I'm gonna be above their airspace, but I've got an option. If I have an emergency, it's a communication frequency I could use. And they start to, correlate all that they're learning here. That is what the cross-country phase of flying is. It's the correlation of everything a student has learned being used in a single flight, to bring it to FOI terms. That's what it is at the most basic level. So, you're not just helping them. You're doing a disservice if you're just helping them plan the flight. Along the way, asking airspace questions, showing them, hey, this is a restricted airspace. So, tell me more about restricted airspace. Well, we can fly in it if it's if it's cold, but if it's hot, we have to go around it. And, I can look here on the sectional chart to see its times and who to contact to ask, what altitudes typically goes up to. Okay, great. This, to me, means, though, we probably should plan a, a, an A route, which is a straight line, and a B route around it, just in case the airspace is hot when we get up there. And, I've got this frequency written down where I'm going to call and find out if that frequency, that. if airspace is hot, and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to sound like this on the radios. I'm going to say this. and probably just going to get flight following. And, I know I'm talking fast, but we're going through all this stuff just like that, right? We're creating these scenarios. We've now planned our route out. But, now, it's time to get some winds and get that. We now come down to weather. Well, what altitude do I want to fly? Well, weather depicts a lot of that. The heading I'm, I'm traveling depicts a lot of that. And, you want students to be finding this out on their own. I don't want you saying, okay, we're heading generally east. So, what heading would you pick? Or, what I'm sorry, what altitude would you pick? No, I want you to say, what altitude would you fly? And let them come up with the east west thing. Let them then say, well, I should probably see what the weather is going to be doing tomorrow for our cross country. So I know I didn't choose an altitude in the clouds. I know I should take a look at the winds aloft to make sure I get the most advantageous tailwind or the least amount of headwind possible for this flight. And, these are the this is the thought process that a checkride examiner wants to see. That's that scenario-based testing, because it's so real world. I say it every podcast, I feel like. But, there is such a difference between what happens in the book and what happens in the real world. Having your students plan this scenario-based cross-country is so real world. It becomes even more real-world applicable if they really need to do it. Maybe, and I ask all my students this: I say, What's your primary goal for learning to fly? For some of it's, man, one of my one of my dreams is both my kids go to school up in Tennessee. My goal is to be able to fly up to Tennessee and 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 see them more often than I do now because it's it's, there's no direct airline flights to their little town they're in. Uh, it's terrible drive, all this stuff. This is great. So, now I know there are reasons for learning to fly. I know some cross-countries we can do. I mean, Florida to Tennessee is quite far, but maybe they're willing to do it. Maybe you're willing to, to do... Uh, they're probably gonna have a fuel stop anyways. Maybe you fly them to that regular fuel stop they're gonna be having anyways, and that's one of your cross countries. And then continue on back and work baby steps into it. Maybe they want more. They're more advanced train. They want to go all the way to Tennessee and do a dry run with you first. I think that's a good idea anyways. But you take a scenario and make it ultra realistic now because it's something they're going to do on a regular basis. It's that's how it is. I had a. Uh, a gentleman that I that I taught to fly, uh, he has a has a Chick Fil A here in town, and Chick Fil A headquarters is in Atlanta. He said, "Jason, there's quarterly meetings up in Atlanta that that all all owners need to be at." My purpose of learning to fly is to go to Atlanta, and I'm scared to death of that airspace, and I'm scared to death that around the Florida Georgia line, there's something called the Okefenokee Swamp, which is a polite way of saying it. there's nothing out there, but it's really called the Okefenokee Swamp. There's a lot of different stuff to traverse. Um, how do I go from the Okefenokee Swamp to Atlanta's Class Bravo airspace? So, we made that flight a couple times. And, then, he went out and bought his own airplane. We made the flight in his own airplane, just getting real comfortable with the operations in and out of that airport, with making that trip, with the radio communications. You you just level up your students when you make the scenario truly something they're going to do with their private or their instrument uh, certificates and ratings here. So, back to this idea of this cross-country that they've correlated airspace, special-use airspace. They've correlated weather, east-west headings, freezing levels, if we're talking instrument-type stuff, right? And then, we let them go through the NW craft, northwest craft, craft with a K, November, whiskey, kilo, Romeo, Alpha, Foxtrot, Tango, NW craft. And, we work them through that so they have that it's, it's 91103 required pre-flight action n any notums what are the notums for my area what are the notums for where I am going most importantly what about along my route as well those are the kinds of questions you be asking what if I have to have a diversion? Whatever it, whatever it really may be, that is what's important to me, right? Notums. The W is weather. It just says, literally, become familiar with weather at your departure, in route, at your destination. You have to be able to prove that you did it right. So many times, people just check a METAR where they are, a METAR where they're going, and don't care about anything in between. But, that serves you no good, because the nasty weather could be sitting right in between a long cross-country. Become familiar with the weather. The K is very IFR. It's known ATC delays. A known ATC delay occurs when an airport's in IFR conditions. They're only shooting approaches in, and they have you know five or six airplanes in the hold. You can only legally put one airplane per approach per runway at a time on an active approach, and... Um, so, they're holding them up, and they have a known ATC delay. You become familiar if that's the case. Now, usually, there's a NOTAM issued for known ATC delays. Runway lengths is the R. Runway lengths of your, your departure, your destination. Any alternates, which is the A in there. If it's an alternate required, what alternate airports are available. Again, an IFR thing. Fuel requirements for this flight um, is the F. And then, lastly, T is our takeoff and landing distances, 91.103, required pre-flight action. What students don't realize, and what a lot of flight instructors don't realize, is they have this fear of getting ramp-checked. Well, the FAA inspector's gonna come over, wanna see your certificates, wanna see everything for the airplane, but you forget that 91103 is required. It's a FAR, right? Required pre flight action. That ramp agent has just as much authority to say, okay, prove to me how you accomplished the tasks required in FAR 91103. And you're gonna go, uh, N, NOTAMs. Okay, I check NOTAMs. Well, prove it. How do, how do I know you did that? Well, I called a 100WX brief, and that's recorded with my voice and my tail number. They can check that. Or, I checked on ForeFlight, actually got a printout right here. I've screenshotted it. Or, Flight saves it right here, so you can see that. You've accomplished that. You accomplish a lot of things when you just get an adequate takeoff brief. Adequate pre-flight brief. It gives you all your NOTAMs, all your weather, your known ATC delays. Um fuel requirements in that, in that flight plan, everything else, take-off and landing distances, in some cases, or our runway lengths, having the taxiway diagrams. You have that stuff. See, aviation's all about protecting yourself and covering your butt sometimes. But, these are the things we need to instill in our students to be doing every time. And, listen, I know you're listening to this, so you're you're either a great CFI or you're going to be a great CFI as soon as you pass that checkride. And, it's a tough checkride, by the way, so feel good once it's done. Very few people go on to become a CFI. It will make you a better pilot being a teacher. But, aviation safety starts with you. It starts with you just being that mentor, being that example to your students, setting the standard. Your students' personal minimums are only gonna be as good as your own personal minimums. You know what I mean? You set that standard. You know, you're the leader in this case. And it's your students' job to follow and follow your lead with that. So, listen, thank you for what you're doing for aviation. Thank you for what you're doing to make aviation a safer, smarter place. If there's anything myself and this wonderful m0a.com team can do to help that along. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Please be sharing the private, the instrument commercial podcast with your students and future students as well, the Mzori.com videos. Tell them to get on our Facebook page, all that stuff. So, listen, guys, thanks for all that you do. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.